the ground now. Way too gone. Way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. And I probably mean that this week more than previous weeks because the world is fucking wild at the moment, dude. It's crazy out there. I mean, out there in the world. I just looked out my window. Pretty calm. Pretty, pretty bloody calm out there. Oh, just saw a Mercedes drive past. I live a sheltered life. I will say that. Um, but in the greater world, it is fucking wild out there. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what to... Uh, Seems weird to do like a silly podcast in like a serious time. A few blokes actually uh, messaged me saying, talk about the race riots on this week's pod. Because that's super on brand for Get Around Me. You know, Billy Darcy, he talks about getting pissed. Uh, He talks about, you know, having a great time with his mates. And he also, he attacks the issues pretty hard. Race, immigration, communism. They're, They're cornerstones of that pod. You know, this guy is a fountain of knowledge. Um, a quick shout out to Jake from last week who sent in that horrendous haircut request. He got a bad haircut. He wanted me to talk about how when you go to the hairdresser, you never get a good haircut. It's the worst send-in I've I've ever had. But then he messaged me back this week saying, fair play on the send-in. Why don't this week you talk about the race riots in America? Fucking hell, mate. That is zero to a hundred like I've never seen before, you know? But you, you, the trivial topic of haircuts didn't interest you, Bill? What about systemic racism? How do you feel about tackling that? Jake, you ask too little and then you ask too much. I'm not sure what you want from this pod, my friend, but I do appreciate that you listen nonetheless. Uh, it is a wild, wild world. It's, yeah, so a few people messaged in for me to talk about the rights and I feel ill-equipped. You know, I'm not exactly a fountain of knowledge when it comes to systemic racism around the world. Um, and there's a lot going on. You know, my mate, uh, I was hanging with my mate Jason yesterday and everyone's doing the Instagram black tiles. And he was like, dude, holy shit, even, even Israel Adesanya's posted a black tile, the UFC fighter. And I had to remind Jason that Israel Adesanya is actually black himself. And my mate was like, oh, right. So that's the kind of brains trust that I'm hanging out, hanging out with sort of Monday to Friday. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm the, maybe the best person to be talking about this, if you if you're looking to a to a white guy from the northern beaches of Sydney uh, for for racial harmony advice, you're you're probably racist yourself. If we're being honest, but I don't know. There's so much information out there. I'm trying to do a bit of reading, you know, because I'm so I lived I lived a pretty sheltered life. I mean, if I never started stand up comedy, I'd probably wouldn't even have. I'd probably still only have white friends from the private school I went to. You know, but. It, it's it's just I don't know. I'm just trying to do some reading. I did. I would say if you're like me and you just you're on Instagram going like fuck, you know, there's so much information, you know. And then like everyone's doing the black tile, and you think right, everyone's doing that. But then the next this morning I woke up and it's if you put Black Lives Matter on the tile, you did the wrong. That's the wrong thing, and you're actually making things worse somehow. That's like I'm looking at all that going like fuck, you know, it, what is happening out there? You know, I think if you put down the hashtag Black Lives Matter, they like shoot a polar bear or something. I don't know how it works. It's it's overwhelming. But I've been trying to do some reading. Um, I made a mine on his dog's Instagram, put the black tile, uh, which was, I don't know. I, I found that quite surprising because for quite some time, I did in fact think uh, his poodle was in fact racist. So, 
that was a huge relief. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you're like me and you just you're on Twitter, Twitter at the moment, forget about it. Instagram, try and read articles that your smarter friends post. That's what I've been trying to do. You can donate. I donated to the National Justice Project last week. They uh they help sort of Aboriginals who have been maybe wrongly prosecuted. They defend them and they try and um, take on cases where there will be a precedent set that can help Indigenous people in the future as well. So that's a good one. If you if you like me and you you're overwhelmed by information, you can donate to the National Justice Project. That's a that's a very worthwhile cause. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm a pisshead and I'm on Centrelink and I can still afford to donate a few bucks. So I reckon, uh, you know, donate if you can, if you can't, whatever. Read up. Don't get sucked in. I think a lot of my friends, me included, you know, you see just so many people, maybe a bit of tokenism on Instagram. People, uh, you know, people just just inundated with a lot of finger pointing as well. People on Instagram being like, if you don't post this or do this, you're a piece of shit. And you might think, fuck, this is just all too much garbage for me, but just sort of wade through all the pelicans and there's plenty of great information out there to read, plenty of great articles, and I suggest you do. But on that note, it's time to crack into this to this fucking pod, hey? I was going to start off with a, with a story about race day. We did another race day on the weekend. What a gear change. Has this been done in podcast history? Uh, civil rights into a into a piss up they said it couldn't be done they said you're going to segue from civil rights into talking about a fake race day at your house where everyone just got blind yep this is happening so let's just just come with me on this one and it's going to be fine um we did another race day for my mate samo's birthday on these fake race days i gotta say they're a lot of fun i i highly recommend you do them you basically just have your friends around and watch the races on TV and, and get blind. It's a bit of fun. And you know what? Last time, I won heaps of money. But this time, I lost all my money and it was still fun. So, what more do you really want from a, from a day? I mean, if you can lose money and still have have fun, that's friendship, my friend. That is friendship. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. One of the lads, in a bit of a throwback, even though he's 26, um, vomited all over our couch and passed out on the front lawn. And that was like, that was great. I was like, holy shit, it's, it's, you know, what are we back in 2011? You know, this guy, uh, my mate, freaking TJ, unstoppable. And by that, I mean, he was stopped pretty significantly and quickly. Um, yeah, vomit everywhere. Thanking our leather couch for being easily wiped downable. I personally wiped down the couch. Did TJ say, thanks, Bill, appreciate it? He did not. He did not. So that was a bit of a throwback, um, you know, pretending we're all 17 again. Um, I'm trying to think what happened on the weekend. Not much. My roommate Danny cooked up a bit, uh, some scrambled eggs at about 6 p.m. We've been drinking all day. And he comes up to me and he goes, what are we doing for dinner? I go, mate, you're fucking looking at it. And pointed to the VB in his hand. Pretty cool from me, hey? Just drink beers for dinner. That's what I said. Fuck, I was just on fire, you know? I was just being so goddamn cool. And... So he cooked himself up a plate of eggs, a bit of protein, you know. So he puts his eggs out on the on the patio and uh, goes back inside. He forgot his cutlery. My mate Macca comes out and goes, what the fuck? Who's cooking eggs at this time? And just throws the bowl of eggs into the garden. The most disrespectful act I've seen in quite some time. And I loved it. Loved every second of it. 
That's what you get for trying to. You want to you want to get your protein in mid piss up, mid bender. You're joking, okay? The only protein you're getting is whatever trace amounts are found in in a fucking body soddy, okay? So I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty much all I did on the weekend. We got blind all day Saturday, and then I was in an absolute state on Sunday. So what do you what do you want from me? But I don't know. Stand up comedy is starting to go back. And to be honest, kind of dreading it, you know, Billy D, what do they say about him? They say, that guy loves doing stand-up comedy. That's what they say. I've heard them say it. I've heard them say it. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of dreading it to be honest. Like there's a few gigs going back. I'm sort of not, not like top of the pile in Sydney comedy. So it'll probably be hard to get spots. Um, but I'm not bottom of the pile either, but It'll be hard to get spots early because all like the biggest comedians will, you know, it'll all filter down. The biggest comedians will be doing like gigs they wouldn't usually do and then that'll filter down. So it will be hard to get spots. I think there was one comedy night in Sydney on Monday, but it's weird. You got to, you can only have like fucking 10 crowd members and they've all got to have like a three course meal and they've got to be constantly eating while you're on stage. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre, bizarre thing. I, I, I don't want to go back. Uh, I don't want to go, I don't want to do one gig a week, you know, cause you can't get good that way. It's not, it's not enough. And I don't want to freaking rock up to gigs and half the blokes are like, yeah, so fuck isolation. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, coronavirus, let's talk about it. I just don't want to fucking be around it. I don't know. So I'm kind of like actually feeling a bit, feeling a bit whatever about stand up comedy at the moment. I haven't done it in like. Last gig I did was my last Adelaide show, March 14. So it's been like two and a half months. And before that, the longest time I would have taken off would have been 10 days. And that would have been in the last five years. Longest gap I would have had would have been like 10 days, maybe two weeks max. Now I'm at two and a half months. And I'm losing interest a little bit. Not really. Like I'm not losing interest. But I'm just like, I just want it to be back to what it was. You know, I want to go to fun gigs with fun crowds, work on material with all my friends, you know, but I think it's going to be pretty weird for a while. I think it's going to fucking come back in dribs and drabs. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I was trying to think about this, why I can't, I don't really, I'm, I'm not excited at all for stand-up to go back, go back, to be honest, which is weird to say. But... I, th- I was thinking about it. I think it's because, like, like you can't fail at something that doesn't exist. You know? Like, right now, I've, I'm a stand-up comedian, technically. Whatever. Like, I, you know, technically, I'm a stand-up comedian. But, you know, you can't... I can't fail. There's no gigs. You know, this is great. There's no... There's no risking something and it backfiring. There's no missing out on certain opportunities. There's no... You know, there's no good stuff either. But, you know, it's kind of like... Like when the whole Melbourne Comedy Festival got cancelled and then the Sydney Comedy Festival cancelled. It was kind of a relief, to be honest. I had a lot riding on those two festivals. No offence to Adelaide and Perth, thanks to everyone that came. But from an industry perspective, um, Melbourne is most important by far and then Sydney is still pretty important. Um, So I had a lot riding on those festivals and my show was good by the end of Adelaide. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. So it... 
like I was excited for Melbourne and City, but I was also like, fuck, dude, like this is kind of my big swing. Like I've never done Melbourne before. It's kind of a big deal if you can get nominated for best newcomer. And there's a lot of industry there. And I was kind of like, this is like my big swing at hopefully trying to get some fucking traction, you know, get a manager or something. And then it got canceled. So it's kind of like, fuck, that sucks. But also it's kind of like, oh, well now, so you can't fail at it because it never happened. So interesting. I've just been thinking about that the last few days because I was thinking, why don't I care that stand-up comedy is on the precipice for returning? I think that's the reason why. So bizarre. But obviously I would never, I would never quit stand-up comedy. I mean, be a goddamn crime i tried to quit once and the prime minister called me himself and said bill you owe it to the australian people to get back on that stage i said you're kidding he said it's scomo here you owe it to the australian people he said he he said he said what you have to give is a national treasure and i said that is way over the top and he said it's not and i said well if you say so because you're the prime minister you know you you don't just question the prime minister when he calls you up i'm thinking first of all how to get my number then i'm like oh he's the prime minister i mean he can get anyone's number and then i'm thinking fuck a national treasure scomo's words not mine i said are you talking about my bit about getting into pubs and he's saying yep yeah, that's exactly what i'm talking about i said fuck and then he said fuck and 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 that was it and did a gig that night and i haven't thought about quitting until now so unless ScoMo calls me back, no, nah, I would never quit. But uh, but yeah, interesting times, interesting times. Speaking of of gigs and that, I got another funny story at my my sleeveroo, and I got to say, I I think this podcast might be a short one, to be honest. But we'll see how we go. Uh, okay, so the Young Guns comedy tour. I've spoken about it before. We've had some laughs. This tour was wild. It was me and six of my, my best mates in comedy in a van all around New South Wales for fantastic times. Fantastic times. There was ups and there was a lot of downs. I've been candid about some of the downs. But probably the worst gig we did, this wasn't the worst, but it was probably like, oh, there's a couple of, fuck, there was a couple of bad ones, eh? But one of the, one of the worst, but one of the probably just the saddest, or not the saddest, most bizarre was this gig we did in Gosford. It was the last gig before we got back to to Sydney. And basically the tour ended in Sydney with two shows back to back. And they were already both sold out before we even got back to Sydney. So that was kind of like the treat at the end of the tour. We were two weeks on the road, taking lumps and everything, having a great time. And we get back. No, sorry, we get to Gosford on the Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, we got two shows in Sydney sold out. Now, Gosford, we're doing this little, like, kind of community theatre thing, right? And basically, uh, now you're thinking, Gosford on a Tuesday night, and we're not famous. Is that ambitious? It was. And you think, maybe the Young Guns brand was enough to sell a few tickets. It wasn't. I think we sold seven tickets. Um, and one of, the, one of the guys was a comedian from Gosford who we knew. So, th- thank you to him for coming down. So I think we sold seven tickets and it was fuck the so before you know for a gig you've sold seven tickets you're very anxious you think fuck I wouldn't mind a beer just to calm down here this is this is highly embarrassing you know we've only sold seven tickets but this theater this little community theater was like it was like a a work program for ex-convicts and drug addicts so they sold no booze and basically they employed ex 
ex-cons and drug addicts and this was like part of their rehab to get them back into the community so they would only all they served was um uh, tea different types of tea and the guys working behind the tea bar were uh fresh out of the slammer jam if you know what i mean um and this one guy who was serving the tea like neck tattoo but like really gentle guy but you could tell he had a past neck tattoo um and like piercings everywhere and stuff and he came over he's like what sort of teas do you guys want he's like i've got he was really intense about the tea you could tell the guy you could tell the boss was like mate you're in charge of the tea this is your responsibility i'm trusting you with serving the tea he goes i want you to go over to the comedians before the show and and ask them what teas they want and we could we got a free tea as part of the show which was nice of them i know it sounds sarcastic me saying we got a free tea but it was nice of them. The, you know, he was supposed to pay for the teas. And we were hardly rock stars. Like I said, seven tickets. Um, I doubt we could even afford one tea between seven of us with the money we made from the gig. So it was nice of them. So the guy comes over. It's me, George, and a couple of the lads standing there. And the guy goes, hey, guys, I'm so-and-so. I'm looking after the bar tonight. I'd love to make you guys a tea. Like, what sort of teas do you guys like? And he's like super enthusiastic about the teas. Like, you're like, holy shit. This guy can't wait to bring me a tea. You know, he's pumped to bring me a tea. This guy loves it. And, and so he goes, he starts rattling off all the teas. He goes, right, I've got green tea. I've got peppermint. I've got, uh, you know, I've got normal tea. Um, I've got, I've got herbal. I've got a ginger root. Um, and, and I've got one more like ginseng. And I'm, and I'm like, oh man, that'd be great. I'll take a green tea. Thanks, mate. And the lad's like, yeah, good. And he's like, awesome guys. Awesome. And then he goes to George and George goes, Oh, do you have chamomile tea? <laughs> and the guy didn't have it, and he started melting down in front of us. He was like, he was like, chamomile. <sighs> oh, oh, um, I, I could check. I don't think we have it. Um, one second. I'll, I'll look for it. Please, just give me one second. I just need a bit of time to look for it. And George is like, what? And I'm like, it's, it's okay if you don't have it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. Just give me. I just need a little time. Just, I'm so sorry about this. I'm so sorry. And we're like, it's okay. It's okay. And then, so the guy goes over and me and George are like, holy fuck, dude. Like this poor guy. Like, I hope he fights this cavabil. And he comes back like he had just walked into the kitchen and someone was executing a puppy. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, I've never seen a more dejected human being in my life. He comes back like head you know, knuckles dragging across the floor, head down, going, oh my God, how am I going to break this news? He goes, guys, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, mate. I I don't have any chamomile tea. Do you think maybe you'd like one of the other teas? And I look at George like, because George is a great guy, but also a little bit autistic, okay? does it not always picking up on the social cues. So I look at George, I'm like, mate, you better fucking throw this guy a bone. <laughs> and George is like, oh, oh, maybe I don't want a tea. And I go, George, order another tea. And George is like, okay, yeah, green's okay, green's okay. And George is like, George then clues on to how much it means to this guy. And George is like, thanks so much, mate, I appreciate it. And the guy's like still apologizing. Like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry this never happens. I'll be right back with the teas, right back. And then he's like, frantically making the teas and like you know they're all none of these teas had milk in them so they're all just boiling water tea bag in but this guy he slaved over these teas like it was a fucking 
MasterChef mystery box challenge and he's he's taken on a risotto. You know, like that's... And no one ever nails a risotto on MasterChef. You know, that's the sort of care and precision this guy brought to the teas. And he brought him over and I, I took a sip. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's the best tea I've ever had. And he was like, you're kidding. And I was like, I'm not kidding. It's so good. And he was like, oh my God. And keep in mind, this guy looked like a fucking crazed criminal. It was the weirdest fucking thing ever. Anyway, so then we do the show. Seven people. We got our mate, who's the comedian. We got one guy who came by himself. We got um, we got three middle-aged women who came um, like as a like sort of a girls' night out. And then we got one hot chick who came by herself. And let me tell you, ladies, I'll say ladies and gentlemen across the board. Let me, let me say, this is one of the most attractive qualities in a person. In, in, a, in a girl, especially, if, if you're into girls, in a guy, whatever, you know, what, I, I reckon even just even, across the board, such an attractive quality is people who do stuff by themselves. You know, she wanted to go to the comedy. I reckon she called up her friends and they said, comedy on a Tuesday night. What, who is it? Dave Hughes. And she would have said, no, it's the Young Guns comedy tour headlined by Billy Darcy. And they would have gone like, absolutely fucking not. And this girl said, well, do you know what? I'm in the mood for comedy. So here we come. And she went, she came out to the show by herself. She fucking had a, had a peppermint tea. Everyone's, everyone's got their teas for this show. She laughed her head off. She was the best crowd member. Um, oh, I was in love with this girl. Okay. People that do stuff by themselves and don't need a fucking, you know, a chaperone of four of their best friends and, and six Instagram stories. Look what we're doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And then one guy who was by himself. And the guy who was by himself was, um, to the naked eye, a complete freak. And I don't like using words like that, but I'm just being true to the story. Okay? He looked fucking weird. So he sits through the whole show, and I'm doing, officially, I'm doing 20 minutes headlining this thing to fucking seven people. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm doing a gentleman's 18. Um, And I just did... I just did mostly crowd work, bit of fun. They were very lovely, the people. And it was a fun little show. And maybe about seven minutes into my, into my set, the weird guy gets up and leaves, okay? And there's only seven crowd members, so this is like a real showstopper. You know, like a good chunk of the crowd has just walked out. And, I, and he walks out. He doesn't even address it. He walks straight past me across the stage, walks out the door. I go, who does this guy think he is? You know, I go, what sort of a freaking piece of shit? And I just start teeing off on the bloke, not to his face. He's gone to the crowd. And I go, I go, this fucker guy. I mean, you kidding. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait another 10 minutes to leave. I go, am I that bad at comedy? Cause I was doing well. And, uh, and I basically am like pretty mean to this guy. And then when I've got like a minute to go, he comes back in and he sits back down. I go, Oh, thanks for joining us. Legend. You know, and I wasn't, I wasn't mean to him. I wanted that on the record. I wasn't mean to his face. I go, thanks for joining us, legend. And he like was too shy to even say anything back. And then anyway, afterwards, outside, this guy is like, we're standing outside talking because we don't want to be inside around the tea guy. He's way too intense. Uh, so we're outside and this guy is like standing like two meters away, the weird guy. And, and he's just standing there. I'm talking to like Pat or someone. And uh, I think I was talking to him. It doesn't matter. And he's standing there for like, and he's sort of looking over and, and he, I go, Hey mate, Hey, did you enjoy the show? And he goes, 
he goes, man, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I, I love comedy. I'm a huge comedy fan. I'm going to listen to, like, all the all the comedy podcasts of the big comedy comedians. Such a fan. Like, I really loved your set. And I go, oh, you loved it, mate. Well, you, you, you missed most of it, hey? Bit of a jab. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I had to go to my car and get my medication. I have to take it at 8 p.m. And I go, oh, oh, whoops. And on closer inspection, this guy is actually um, mentally disabled. He's a little bit mentally disabled. Uh, he's mentally disabled to the point where if, I'd say from 10 meters away, you wouldn't be able to tell. But closer up to the naked eye, mentally disabled. And he, he left to take his medication. W- what a fucking cunt I am. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, oh, your medication. Oh, okay. And I just sort of brushed past it. And I was like, so what sort of comedians do you like? And in my head, I was like, kill yourself, Darcy. Fucking kill yourself. You suck. You're the worst guy ever. I'm just, he's, he's telling me how his favorite comedian's Bill Burr. I'm flashing back to me just tearing into him on stage when he was going. And I was like, oh my God, I am a piece of shit. Oh God. Oh God. No, no. And he was just the sweetest guy. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was still embarrassed about it to this day. But also, it's pretty dark in a little theatre thing, you know? I don't... It's very hard. Anyway. So that was highly embarrassing. Highly fucking embarrassing. And I got to say, if, we, if we're counting, that's probably the third... That's the third definitely time. Maybe it might have happened a fourth that I forgot about where I've accidentally teed off on a disabled bloke at a comedy show. And I don't know what to tell you. I, I apologise. Um, I ran into one bloke recently who was, um, he was like a, you know, like a carer for a group of autistic people. I was on the way to another gig and he said, oh, Billy Darcy, I, um, I, I caught you the other night and, uh, really enjoyed it. He goes, you, uh, you teared into a friend of mine. I go, oh, you're kidding. He goes, yeah, I was actually working at the time. And then I turned to his left and I go, oh no. And he goes, yeah. I go, did I rip into an autistic bloke? He goes, you did. I go, fuck. And he goes, I know. But it's fucking dark, you know? I can't... I apologize. I apologize profusely. Um, but yeah, let me fix this camera. Oh. What about this? All right, this is actually a bit of a neighborhood legend in my area. So, we got this guy in our area. His name's Tugger. I found out his name recently. Basically, ever since when I was 12, I would go running in the mornings try and get fit for soccer or whatever. Always see this guy every morning. Every morning, walks his dog the same route. Real rough looking guy. He has a walking stick, but he's like, he's like, he gets after it. He's about maybe 50s, 60s. Doesn't need the walking stick, but he's got, it's like a hiking stick. That's what it is. And, and then he's got, um, he's got an eye patch and he's got like a fucking hiking rucksack and he looks aggressive as shit. Like, he looks like he's a stiff breeze away from an altercation, you know? And he's got this dog that I swear to God, like, this dog would be the poster boy for every pit bull that's ever attacked a child. Like, this thing, this is the sort of dog when they say, yeah, we destroyed that animal after what it did. That's the sort of dog. Like, this dog is fucking aggressive and terrifying. And I used to run past this bloke every morning. I've started running again recently, a little bit. Um, and, and I still see this bloke. He still walks the same route every morning. And it turns out my mate, his dad went to school with him. And isn't it cool when someone has a ripping backstory? So this bloke's backstory 
this guy Tugger. He's got the eye patch. He's a fucking aggressive looking bloke. Turns out he used to be like a fucking rich as all hell lawn mowing business. He 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 started a lawn mowing franchise and fucking expanded it all over Sydney. Became fucking rich as shit. Just a just an awesome guy. Um, and got got this huge business. Had like all these employees, and but still mowed the lawns himself. And what happened was, uh, he. <laughs> He got blind while driving his boat. Like, it was just a party animal. Never got married. You know, would always have, have, be surrounded by birds. Had heaps of money. It's kind of like, you know, like if a trade, he became a millionaire. Like, that's sort of a that's sort of rich. And, uh, you know, he had a huge boat. And he got blind. And he was driving his boat around one day and had a boating accident. And, you know, a boating accident. I mean, it's not like a traffic accident. Boats don't just come out of nowhere. You know? You know, you, there's really no excuse for a boating accident. Um, and... So he had a boating accident and that's how he lost the vision in his right eye. That's how he got his blindfold. And then uh, he tried to go back to work. So he got he was blind behind the wheel, got arrested as well, I think, because he was so drunk driving the boat. Blind behind the wheel, lost his vision in the boat crash. Um, then l- tried to go back to work, but he didn't have good fucking depth perception anymore. Couldn't mow lawns, you know, kept shredding people's flower beds and all this sort of stuff. Business went to shit, lost all his money from damages and, and, you know, and fines and that sort of stuff, I'd imagine, from the boating accident. And, you know, a boating accident, that's like drunk driving 2.0. If you can find yourself in a drunk boating accident, that's some rich bogan shit, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if you have, like, a, a drunk boating accident and you injure more than, like, five people, you get the keys to the Gold Coast at that point. I think the mayor of the Gold Coast gives you the keys to the city. They go, you are the fucking the piece of shit we need, you know, you are the bogan this city will turn to, so he lost everything, all right, and, and now, what's the point of this story, oh yeah, so basically, I think I already went over it, he used to be absolutely rich, I thought he was just, I thought he was just some absolute psychopath, you know, roaming the streets, but, um, but, you know, it turns out he used to be a fucking millionaire, and then he lost everything due to a drunk boating accident, and now he just staunches the streets with a fucking aggressive dog looking through your soul with his one good eye. And he is not friendly. I said hi to him once. Not a friendly guy. But apparently he is friendly if you get to know him. Um, but yeah, I just love a good backstory like that, you know? Like, like you know, like when some guys like uh, being real weird and you go like, what's that guy's dealing with? It's like, oh man, you didn't hear about him? He fucking tried to jump his jump his BMX bike off off the fifth story of a shopping center when he was 21 thought he was fucking evil Knievel broke both his legs and now he thinks he's a a transgender Indian dancer and you're like what the fuck you know the backstory makes it the a good backstory is worth everything and also this this tugger guy it turns out his his fucking brother was a rampant criminal and got mixed up in uh in all this stuff with Johnny Ibrahim and basically um cunts came by and did a and sorted him out, you know, they blew up his house, and in, in, the, in my neighborhood, you know, if you can't tell by my, my freaking beautiful conditioned hair, you know, this is a very well-off neighborhood, this sort of stuff doesn't happen, but Tugger's brother, they fucking blew his house up with a pipe bomb, literally 10 minutes, 10 minute walk from my house, fucking Ibrahim, oh, whoever's against John Ibrahim came by and sorted him out, you know, fucking bizarre, so I love a good backstory, love a good backstory, and that is the pod for today. I got to say that Gosford story, let's be honest, 
that was a that was a three and a half minute story which I stretched into a gentleman's thirteen. Um, whether that made it better or worse, you be the judge of that. But that will that is the pod for this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been getting around me. As always, I appreciate you, and thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long, yeah. And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I.